Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Sweetie sounds like what your grandmother calls you. That's exactly where the rapper Sweetie got her name. She says she added the extra A to make it less, well, sweet. On this edition of the Carlos Watson Show podcast, Sweetie talks about her Filipino and Black heritage, her family's tradition of social activism, and her life in social media, all the way from MySpace to TikTok. Sweetie, welcome to the show. Hey, Carlos. Thank you for having me. Sweetie, you have a uh, you have a nice smile like your mom. I think I uh, I think I've seen your mom's <laughs> picture before, and uh, I think you guys share that same nice smile. Ah, uh, thank you. Such a nice compliment. You got a nice smile too. Thank you. Thank you. How many? Do you have any brothers or sisters, or is it just you? I have three siblings: one brother and two sisters. Oh, you're like our family. Okay, I was the only boy and three girls. Where Where's he? Um, he's in the Bay, well, Sacramento, so. Okay, okay. And was he the oldest, or what was he? Oh, no, so it's a 10-year gap. It's another girl, him, and then another girl. Oh, wow. They took their time. Yeah, so he, so he switched in the middle. <laughs> I love that. And wait, mm-hmm. now, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Oakland or somewhere else? I grew up in Hayward, and then I went to high school in Sacramento. Oh, interesting. Okay, and... Uh, so your uncle Stan is my friend Hammer. Really? He is. So you have to you have to text him. <laughs> I did I didn't text him when I was uh when I was coming to see you, but I've known him for uh for a long time. And uh I actually part of why I was so excited to see you is I remember him telling uh, uh me about you way back in the day. So Oh wow. Uh, Full circle. Yeah. Do you ever get to talk to him very much or no? Um well his brother manages me, so I speak to my other uncle every day. Okay, okay, okay. And how did you get into music? Did you, uh, I can't remember, did either parents sing or are you the first singer in the family? Um, well, my uncle's a singer. My other cousin is, is Beethoven. So um, I would say we have a musical family. Um, a lot of my aunties and my uncles and my grandparents sing. So, you know, 
And, and now, did you develop your own style, or did you borrow it a little bit from uh, from them and other people? Um, I think I developed my own style. I think sometime around this year and last year, because I was known for like my car wrapped, rapping over other people's beats and sampling. So it took me a while to figure out what my sound was. And how would you describe it now? Like, if somebody were to ask you, you know, what's your style? What would you say? I would say. It's bougie, it's bossed up, um, and it's inspirational. You know, it's also, it's uh, it's addictive, too. I mean, you have a, uh, <laughs> you know what I Thank mean? It's, it's, it's nice because you we were playing your music before we started. Everybody was moving almost reflexively, oh. which, you know, doesn't happen with everybody's music. So, right. um, so that must be a nice feeling when you see people enjoying uh I mean, TikTok must be crazy for you. I assume TikTok is where you have felt maybe the most amount of love. Is that right? Yeah, TikTok, social media, especially in quarantine, because I'm not able to go out to the festivals. I'm not able to go out to the clubs. So I kind of just see it all online right now. So now, when did you know you made it? Like, what happened that all of a sudden was like your moment where you're like, this is no longer just a dream. This is happening. I think when my type first debuted on the Billboard 100, I felt official. Um, but I definitely feel like there's a lot of room for improvement since that time. And I feel like that's exhibited on my new body of work. So I'm really excited to share that with the world. And, we, and when is everybody going to get to enjoy uh, your next set of goodness? Um, maybe end of this year or the top of next year. We haven't really decided. I think that's the great thing about being in the the DSP era, era. So like, we don't have to ship it out through, you know, physical copies. It just is so readily available through DSPs like Spotify, like Apple, et cetera. And is there good money for artists? I mean, I honestly don't even know. Is there good money for, I see, like when I see people on TikTok, there's a part of me that wonders, are the artists making any money? Is there good money for you guys in this era? I think being an artist is lucrative if they are selling merchandise, if they are getting brand deals, um, and of course, if they're performing, that's a lot of money at once. However, because we're in quarantine, uh, we're not allowed to, to do appearances, but definitely through performance, through merchandise and through brand deals. If you're a popular artist, then that's a lot of money right there. And so what is uh, what's your most popular song? Is it is it tap in or which one's your most popular song at this point? I would say it's Tap In, It's My Type, and definitely Icy Girl. And what's your favorite? I said three. You asked you, me. But you know what, though? But, but, I, but I love that um, you already have three to choose from. What's your favorite? Like, what do you, what do you say? Um, my favorite would have to be Icy Girl because it's what got me here. And every time I, it plays, it just it's definitely a a motivational type of song. So I'm very happy that I got Icy Girl. And did you know you had magic when you wrote it at the time? Like, because sometimes I've heard people say that they wrote a bunch of songs at once and they thought it was going to be this one that hit and it turned out to be another one. Did you know Icy Girl was going to do as well as it did? Um, Not necessarily, but I would say it's, it's one of those raps where I put my heart into every single bar and line. I mean, I do that with all my music, but Icy Girl was something where I was just sitting in my room that had no furniture and I was staring at the walls, just trying to create a rap that would, you know, that would draw eyes and attention to my brand. So it was, I put a lot of love into Icy Girl. I'll call it, I'll say that. Oh, I love you saying that. It's funny, whenever people ask me how this started, I always said this show started with love. So I like hearing you say, 
uh, that it started with no furniture in love, which is uh, which is good. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so so wait now for people who don't know, what would you say that Icy Girl is about? Why Icy? If people like are just tuning in, they're just getting to know you a little bit. What does it mean to say Icy Girl? I think Icy Girl has. Um, I think at face value, people's perspective of it is like ice, glamour, riches, and all the good stuff that comes with success. But for me, when I wrote it, Icy Girl was like more of a mentality. Because I always felt like if, I felt like hard work gets rewarded. I feel like you being ambitious, that's what being icy is. Because it's more so of a mentality. And if you're doing what you're supposed to do, then eventually those physical icy things can be bought and do come in. You know what? So you have like once upon a time in sports, they would call it the Mamba mentality after Kobe. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. They would say that Kobe had that kind of mentality, and Icy Girl might be like for a new era I like uh, because, that. in some ways, it's kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's the new Mamba mentality. So, uh, when you looked up to people, I mean, I assume Hammer was one of the people you looked up to just because he was your uncle and you knew him and he was around. But who else did you look up to, or in some ways, did you? go on this journey kind of on your own? Um, someone who I really look up to is my grandmother, um, my grandma Roxanne. I lived on and off with her throughout my childhood and my teenagehood, and she was so fly. She would get her hair and her nails done every Thursday. She was such a businesswoman, and she's very respected not only by her community, but by her peers, her friend groups, the family. So she's someone who I aspire to be like, you know, bougie, bossed up, inspiring other people, helping other people. She has such a big heart. So definitely my grandmother. And where was she from? Was she from the Bay or was she from somewhere else? She's from Omaha, Nebraska. Interesting. How did she get out to Omaha, Nebraska? (laughs) I I mean, some of us got lost along the way. How did she end up in Omaha, Nebraska? So she's from Omaha, Nebraska. That's where her family's from. But she's from the projects. She calls herself the little project girl that made it out. So she has her story. Um, but my grandfather, she married my grandfather, and then they moved to the Bay because he got drafted to the 49ers. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. So did you grow up playing sports? Yes. Um, so he played with Joe Montana. He was a part of the first team that got the Super Bowl ring. Um, so I come from a big football family. I actually played football myself. <laughs> uh okay okay i like that so i played quarterback in powder puff i ran track i ran the four by one the hundred hurdles and i also played outside hitter for volleyball so you had speed and power is what you're trying to say i mean yep i mean my name's in the gym i was i was female athlete of the year so sports is definitely like my first love and then it's music then uh, did you have an outside jump shot? What did you have on the basketball court? Oh, for outside hitters, outside hitters for volleyball, but I had a 25-inch vertical. Look at you. Okay. I'm, I'm going to kind of believe that. I'm going <laughs> to kind of believe that. That would be very... No, I'm serious. Is that right? Do you, do you still play at all? Um, I play, like, with myself, with my volleyball at home, but not on a team. I would love to, though. I would love to, to compete for a summer when, if I had time to. Now, tell me about your, about your mom, because your mom is from the Philippines. Did I get that right? Yeah, she's an immigrant. Yeah. So how did how did she and your dad meet? <laughs> she they have an interesting love story. Um, so my mom and my dad. So my dad was um, one of my uncle's bodyguards, and my mom was kind of on the scene. So they kind of ran into each other because 
of like mutual friends and yeah they fell in love instantly and had me <laughs> I love that I love that and have you ever have you been to the Philippines before oh my gosh yes it's so beautiful I've been to Boracay, Cebu Manila and Palawan so are you an adobo or a Senegal woman oh so adobo is like the fried chicken to black people adobo the Filipino food so it's a given but I'm a Senegal girl like I love Senegal Oh, is that right? Okay, okay. You have uh, um, uh, uh, you have some fans here who appreciate the fact that uh, uh, that that was the choice. So that's good. That's uh, uh, that, that's real good. Now, now, have you had a lot of love from the Filipino community since uh, since you broke out? Oh, yes, they love the line when I say, and that's where it's my mama. She's the Filipino queen. So I think it's. Like at my festivals, they come with like a big Filipino flag and they wave it around. So I know that they love that I'm representing them. Wow. So, but now part of your story is interesting in that you went to college first. Mm-hmm. Say more about that. What were you, uh, what did you go to study? And were you always planning on going to college or would the college happen because the music hadn't started yet? I definitely went to college because the music hadn't started yet and I wanted to get out the house. (laughs) 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 I went to San Diego State first and then I transferred to USC where I majored in business and communication and I graduated with my bachelor's. And did you enjoy it? Was it, uh, was it a good time, a good experience? You know, I always enjoyed college until midterms and final season. That's when I wanted to drop out. Because <laughs> those 20-page papers, those big books you have to read and all that studying, oh, my gosh, my brain would feel like it's about to explode. Did, you, did your craft get any better? Were you any better uh, with your music while you were at college? Or was college just kind of a way station and it was what it was? Um, I definitely feel like college taught me a lot of invaluable skills that I wouldn't have learned in corporate America or the streets. So I'm really like grateful for the things that it taught me. And one thing that I really loved about USC is when you go there and especially when school is in session, you can, you can feel the ambition and it like in the air and the energy from your peers. Like everyone is really determined to succeed in life. So I'm, I'm grateful that I was put in an uncomfortable place that forced me to become comfortable with who was around me. Have some of the other classmates already broken out too? Um, not that I know of, but I'm still connected to USC because I had great relationships with some of my professors. So sometimes I go back and I speak to the classes. So that's always a joy. They must be, they must smile from ear to ear. They must be so proud of you. No, one of my professors is super proud of me because I told him I was going to be a rapper. <laughs> so, <Right. laughs> so he's, he's, um, he taught my, his name is um, Albert Napoli. He taught the business entrepreneurship class. Um, in class, I had my own line of clothing called the Money Making Mommy. So I took his class to learn a little bit more about it. But yeah, I told him I was going to get into music and now that he's seeing what I said I was going to do, he's just so proud of it. It's so interesting. As I hear you with words, you really are a poet. And um, it would be so valuable. The same thing you just did would be very valuable to a lot of big companies that are trying to make their brands more flavorful and sexier. Have you been approached by any of these big brands who are essentially saying, I want you to help us uh, repackage or create new names or shape the image of our brands? Has anybody come to you like that yet? Um, I would say when I when I collaborate with other partners, because I like to think of them as partners and not 
not just me as an ambassador because I'm I'm heavily involved in the creative process because you know social media has been around for a while and the consumer can feel when the collaboration is not authentic. So I try to make sure that I'm a part of the creative process just so that it is appealing. So yes, the answer is yes. I love that. I love it. And so if you look back and you try, because I bet you people come up to you all the time and ask you, why did you break out with all the people who were so hungry to break through? Like, why do you think you broke out? Because you actually were someone who who was in it. I mean, I've heard other people uh, talk about why they think you broke out and I've seen people write about it. But like, you tell the you tell the narrative. Why do you think you broke out? I think I broke out because I honestly feel like um, my purpose is bigger than fame. It's bigger than fashion. It's bigger than money. I think my purpose is to motivate, to inspire, and to help people who look like me. So I think I made it because of God. I feel like this is part of God's plan, and I think this is my calling. So I think that I've been blessed to do what I'm supposed to do just so that I can be in the position to help other people. As over the last six, eight months, as everything happened with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all the different things that are happening, has that changed you in any way? Or did it just reaffirm kind of who you already were and and where you're headed? I feel like it did both. You know, I have a black father. I have black uncles. I have black aunties. I have black grandparents. And they've all, including myself, have and have, um, experienced some form of racial injustice. Um, I remember when I was a little girl, they would, they would pull over my dad for no reason, would search the car for no reason. And I would just, just hear him complain under his breath. And I, and for me, that was normal as, as a child. But as I began to learn more about the world, I began to just learn that that isn't normal. And especially as a little girl, I remember I was pulled to the side by my English teacher. And she asked me if my mother wrote my paper because she didn't think that I was smart enough to write the essay that I had wrote, that I had written in class. So all these things that you experience as a child, you think that it's normal until you start to see it on the news or you start to see movements or you start to see people who are calling out these injustices. So um, it, it's, it's definitely nothing new to me, but it, in this time, it has inspired me to actually create my own foundation and organization who is actually led by me and my grandmother. I made her the, the president, the grandmother who I talked about previously because she's been an activist for so long and she constantly educates me and she constantly like helps me with my facts. So before I speak or before I say something politically, I always go to my mentor who is her and she helps, you know, she, she educates me. So with this foundation, we're going to help the minority community, single mothers, um, help kids get to college and also autistic kids. And, and what made you, I think I know the first several choices, but what made you focus on autistic kids? So my uncle is actually a mentor and now he's a counselor and now he's a teacher. So he gradually has worked with autistic kids. My cousin, who has also worked with autistic kids through um, a volunteer project. And then my auntie helps helps elderly autistic people. So my family has a, a connection and a soft place in their heart for that community. So there were there were certain things I was interested in. And there were certain things that were brought to my attention of other people who who can benefit from this foundation. So that was the reason why I went with the autistic focus as well. Who are some of the other people you admire? Given I, I appreciate what you're saying about a higher purpose, um, I really do. I really appreciate that you, that that's who you are. Who are some of the other folks who you look up to, or maybe even who you've started to get to know a little bit, 
who, in your mind, are kind of part of this new movement and part of this journey? Um, a part of my journey or a part of the foundation journey? Um, journey? Maybe both. I feel like there's lots of journeys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it comes to that, I think that's a good question. When I see people on, on the front line, um, I wouldn't necessarily say people. I would say my generation. I'm so happy to be a part of a generation who is unapologetically um, standing up for their community, for our community, for a community who has been um, put down for so many years, for so many generations. So I think I, I, I look up to the, the, the everyday person who is trying to make a difference, no matter if they can or they can't, as long as they're being vocal, or as long as they're participating to ensure that we're moving towards a better future. Because um, it's, it's sad when you see these clips circulate and it's sad that other people had to see what we were going through 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 video recordings to show that it's real. Because, you know, sometimes it was like the, the story of, oh, you guys are just complaining or that's not true. But when you got it on camera, you cannot die foot. You, you, you cannot deny footage. So um, I think just just the everyday person who is taking action to making a difference in the community. That's who that's who I'm inspired by, especially since we see it online. And have you gotten to know some of the folks like Cardi B or, uh, or Megan or others who are also young women in the game making a difference but also seem to be broad-minded, meaning they also seem to care about change happening? Have you gotten to know any of those folks? Um, not yet, but I would love to. But I think that's, that's what I mean. I think it's great that my peers are taking action. So it's not only just the everyday person, but it's people who look like me, people who come from my same background, who are trying to go out there and make the difference. So I think it's, it's an exciting time to be a, a millennial, to be a, a, a person in Generation Z, because I'm a part of Rock the Vote. And an interesting fact or statistic that I didn't know was that we make up 40% of the voting population. So because there's people like Cardi, people like Megan, who are going out there and tapping into their fan base, hopefully I'm doing the same with my fan base by educating to let them know that their voice and their opinion does matter. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. So tell me a little bit about social media, because a lot of folks like me do some stuff on social media, but haven't had anything go viral to the tune of hundreds of millions of views. Like, what do you know? If you were teaching a class with Mr., would you say his name was DiNapoli or Napoli back at USC? Albert Napoli, yeah. Napoli, yeah. Napoli. So, so if you were back teaching a class about how to make magic with social media, like what are a couple things you know that the rest of us even though we're users of it, we may not know. Like what platforms really work or what tactics or strategies really make things make things go? Um, definitely authenticity when something is overproduced. Um, it's just, I don't, I don't know the reasoning behind it, but it's not, um, it lessens the, the possibility of it going viral. So definitely more authentic content. Content that is true to the user or the platform because sometimes it's not a user, it's a brand. Um, and I think a mixture of authenticity, um, good quality and something relatable for not, not everyone, because not everybody will, you know, be intrigued by it, but, you know, just knowing who your fan base is. So, um, I know for me, my fans love music. My fans love when I speak up about, you know, social issues. My fans love my nails. They love my fashion. So I know what they like. So if I'm giving them what they like, they're going to retweet it and they're going to re- support or they're going to support it to be a viral moment, if that makes sense. Now, what do you think about TikTok? Because it feels like TikTok was on fire earlier in the year. And then it feels like once Trump started talking about messing with it, all of a sudden it felt like it slowed down some. Do you feel like it slowed down too? And are things about to move to another space, whether that's back to Instagram or somewhere else? Um, I definitely feel like certain apps have have their spotlights. However, I don't see it slowing down um, at all. But there are other platforms like Triller who I've worked with. And I believe that as long as the app is innovative and is giving um, good quality entertainment, it'll keep, you know, attracting users and generating more content. But I mean, my TikTok is still performing the same, so I haven't been affected by it. (laughs) <laughs> and, and now and now how often do you who started the dances like the tap in dance was that you who did it first and then everyone started copying it or who did it first um so so i laugh because this is her username the girl who created my dance her username is at yo damn mama so <laughs> i'm like girl but that's the young lady who actually started started my dance so um 
I'm just grateful for people like her, for her influencing her TikTok friends, because that's why it's so big. At first, I was just, you know, making cute videos, but she actually took the initiative. And because people loved her dance some more, there were a whole bunch of recreations of it. Interesting. Now, can you do the dance? Yeah, I've done it several times. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, I'm only teasing you because I actually was trying it today. And I'm going to show you later on what I did learn. <laughs> actually, they're laughing at me in here. You can't hear it. They're like, don't show her. You're going to embarrass her. But uh, but I was trying to learn your dance as well. Uh, I so, would love uh, to see. So maybe eventually. I would love to see. Yeah. Yeah. At some point. At mm. some point. <laughs> maybe not today, but at some point. Um, so what what's what's gonna come for you next? Do you want to do movies or films? Would you ever would you think about movies or television? Yeah, I definitely can see myself having my own show, whether it's reality or sitcom. And for movies, definitely yes. I'm an action girl, I'm an athletic girl, so I don't want to play like a superhero or like a fighter. I don't know, something like that. <laughs> That's you know that is so interesting to hear you say a reality show. That is the moment we are in that that would be big. Has anybody approached you about it so far? Yes, they have. And I think the reason why they're intrigued is because I already have my reality show called The Icy Life on YouTube, and it's actually doing pretty well. And so talk about YouTube. How good has YouTube been to you versus, say, TikTok? Is YouTube as strong uh, there or versus Instagram? Um, I believe all of my platforms um, are strong right now as of recently, because there's just so much quality content that's being put out. So I feel like TikTok gets more of the dances, more of the personality and, you know, the goofiness of it all. Instagram is kind of like, um, I would say like the melting pot of everything. And then when it comes to YouTube, I have the Icy Life. I just started Icy University classes online, which is fun. Um, I have my music videos. I have BTS. So I'm kind of giving each platform their respective content to make sure that those users are satisfied. Now, what is Icy University? I already like that. What is that? <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm a college girl and I wanted to like create, create something to give back to my, my fans. Like, like I said, like, I feel like every, everything is purpose. And instead of me going on a rant, instead of me answering questions on Twitter or Instagram or any other platform, I wanted to give them a video that, that they can live with. So the first video that i that I um, put out last night was how to start your own business because I've had several that were successful. So I broke it down in a cool way. It's not like, it's not super serious, but it's real game, but in a fun, cool, interesting way to learn. Who's the most uh, interesting celebrity you've met and gotten to know since you broke it, since you broke through? Um, <laughs> um, I would say, I don't, you know what interest, I don't mingle that much. Why not? Because of COVID. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, the most interesting, I mean, I see him every day, Quavo. Probably him. Yeah. Yeah, he's his he's definitely a, a big teddy bear. <laughs> so how did you guys meet to begin with? Um, so it's funny that you asked me that because there's this thing starting on Twitter. It's how it started versus how, how it's going. So he put the, up the first DM he ever sent me and then a picture of how it's going with us in it. But yeah, it started through a DM. <laughs> I love that. Not shy. And, and, and so what did you think? What did you think when, uh, uh, when he slid in? Um, I always knew it was going to happen. I had a crush on him. So I was just kind of waiting for my moment to shine. 
(laughs) That is hilarious. I love that. I love that. He must be right off camera watching that. That's hilarious. I love that. That's good. And wait, now how long have you guys been together? Um, For about two years now. Interesting. And why does it work? Why does it work so well? I think for anyone who has a high level performing career, it's important to find someone who's either in the same field or who has the same work schedule as you because I don't think if I was dating someone who um, had a different career, if they would understand the hours of of my work, because sometimes I am working at from like 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. in the morning, and that's very irregular. So I think because we go through the same thing, we're able to, you know, bounce ideas off each other. We're able to uplift one another. So it works. I love that. And now should I push you on that? Should I ask you where this is going to go? I mean, it's going. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. I'll leave. I'll so leave. we shall see. I will. Uh, I, I will leave it at that. We we talk a lot about love on this show. Um, now, now, what advice would you give to your younger self about love? What have you learned? I know you're still early in it, but what have you learned so far about love that you would tell your younger self? Um, he's actually taught me a lot about love because. Um, because of my childhood, I think I didn't have, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to function in a relationship. Um, I was one of those kids that was, that moved a lot. So I wouldn't get attached to my friends at school. Um, you know, I had really young parents. So, you know, I, it's just so many things that kind of didn't set me up properly to be in a relationship. So I think that, um, one thing that I would tell my younger self is that a relationship cannot survive on pride because I had a lot of pride at first and I wasn't so expressive. I had communication problems, which is so ironic because that's what I majored in. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, I think just, you know, um, being not being prideful and and willing to learn about the other person because uh, a relationship is, is is work after the honeymoon phase. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I can tell that you feel, or at least I think I can tell that you feel loved. Um, has that changed how you operate in the world and how you operate with your music at all? Being in a, being in a good relationship, has that impacted it one way or another? Um, it definitely impacts, impacts my life period because it's someone who I'm seeing every day. So, um, I think it's helped me grow as an individual with communication, with understanding um, other people, with with knowing that just because my feelings are hurt doesn't mean that they were hurt intentionally. So I feel like it, it made me uh, mature with just understanding other people because I try not to take, take things so personal and um, I try to communicate because sometimes a lot of things are lost in translation. And the more that, you know, you ask, the more you try to understand, because you have to want to understand in order to understand. So um, I definitely think it those um, positive exercises and those things that I try to make to ensure that the the relationship is healthy. I think it, it carries over into work and other places in my life. And and so what what was it like with your parents growing up? Because it's interesting when you say your grandfather was a 49er, you said he played for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. I assume on one level that maybe you were living that upper middle class lifestyle, but it sounds like maybe maybe not. What was it like growing up? Well, he actually gave up playing for the 49ers to become a pastor. 
So I think I, I, I didn't, I didn't experience it as a child, like as a, a young child, as a, my grandfather being in the NFL, I think he had already um, stopped playing football. So I think that is a misconception of my upbringing, though, because I did have young parents who struggled and, you know, their friends and other family members would babysit me. Um, I, yeah, we had a, you know, my, my parents are hustlers, so they never let me see them sweat, but they definitely got it on their own. So um, this perception of the figures in my family isn't a reflection of my financial upbringing. And what were you like as a uh, as a little one? Were you quiet? Were you already rapping at eight, at 10, at, uh, at 12? I feel like I was an antisocial extrovert. Like if you didn't know me, I didn't want to talk to you. But if you knew me, I'd be bouncing off the walls. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And are you still close with any of your friends that you grew up with? Uh, no. That's what's so crazy. Um, I moved around a lot. So I wasn't really attached to a lot of the people who I grew up around. And my family is really big, like super big. So um, I think I have about two or three friends and that's about it. Interesting. And so what happens now, sweetie, once everybody knows your name and knows who you are and sees your success, has that made it easier to make new friendships, harder? Like, like, and what even happens to the existing relationships? Is there, is there jealousy? Is there excitement for you? Um, I think my, my friend group is so minimal because um, they're the people who who were with me before I was who I was anyways, but I've always been picky. I feel like people should be picky with the people who they choose to be in their company because um, you are who, who you are around. And my friends are hard workers. They, um, they're supportive um, and they have their own lives. So it's like, nothing has really changed except for, you know, the attention towards me and my brand, but, um, I don't think, I don't think I've, I've experienced anything, anything too troublesome. I feel like one thing that is difficult for people around me to grasp is that, um, my workload, you know, so sometimes I'm not able to, you know, cater to everybody because I'm just working so much and I'm being pulled in so many directions at one time. And that gets really stressful. And it's just like, Sometimes somebody might get offended over me, maybe not picking up a phone call, but it's just like, girl, I was just at a photo shoot. And then on my break, I had to take a Zoom call and then I had to approve these things for my upcoming beauty and fashion fashion line. So it's like, yes, I'm very grateful for um, the blessings and the successes, but the bigger you get, the more demand, the more in demand you are. So uh, it's a it's a it's a tough balance, but it's a good problem. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a good problem. So tell me this: Why it feels like Filipinos and blacks get along maybe in an unexpected way, um, and I've always wondered about that. Why is that? Why do you think there seems to be a connection, a relationship? Well, there's a myth. I mean, this is what I heard growing up. I heard that the Filipinos are the black people of the Asian group. So, <laughs> so I think that's what it is. So I think both cultures just get along really well. They both have great foods. They have great times. They have big families. So there's a lot of common denominators. So that's that's my theory. And 
yeah, that's just what I was, that's what I seen growing up. And that's what I was told too. So, hey, I'm glad it all works out. And especially in the Bay Area, you see a lot of mixing in the Bay Area, I think. Mm -hmm. um, are there, are there uh, I'm trying to think, are there other Black Filipino artists out there right now? Who else is out there? I believe her, um, H-E-R. She's Black and Filipino. She's also from the Bay. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, I know other Filipino artists, but I'm not sure of any Black and Filipino artists. But she is someone who I know who is. I don't know. Do you? I'm trying to think if I know anybody else. Um, I, but I feel like there will be a new wave of it. They had the woman for a while who was in the Pussycat Dolls, who I think was Filipino and white, maybe. Oh. Is that right, I think? Right. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm trying to think who else has broken through in a major way who's Filipino. Are there actors? Are there, are there well-known actors? Ooh. Um, I'm really not sure. You know what? I don't know. I don't know. But that's the reason why I try to represent when I can represent, because when the Filipino community finds out you're Filipino, they like to support anything you do. Because <laughs> there's not, there's not a lot of representation in re mainstream media. So I like to represent both of my cultures because I'm so proud to be, you know, Filipino and Black. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. All right, now tell me about these nails. How did the nails come about? So the nails came about, the reason I was so thirsty to get nails because when I was playing sports year round in high school, I could never have nails. Like you just can't when you're playing volleyball, when you're playing fo football or, you know, it's just, it's, it interferes with your performance. So I had that issue. And then also in college, like I took care of myself. So I couldn't really afford getting my nails done. I had to wait, like, I had to get my nails done, like, once a month. Like, after that second week, it just be crazy for the third and the fourth <laughs> week. But that's what I could afford. So now that I can finally afford it, I just I just do whatever I want to my, to my nails now. And I feel like 
they're they're like walking murals like I put a lot of time and thought into the design so it's definitely a way of just you know expression do you do those yourself or does someone do them oh no <laughs> no Tamika does my nails oh no that, that really that really is art though it is they take about three to four hours to do each time and you do them how often every two weeks Every two weeks. Okay. So now what are you doing? I mean, you're doing nails. You're staying up till 6 a.m. doing music. You're doing photo shoots. You're doing all the rest. What do you do to relax? What do you do to enjoy yourself? I go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> sleep is good. So I sleep. Um, yeah, I go to sleep. I, right when I wake up, I'm either working or I'm getting a massage or I'm working out and I'm busy throughout the day, especially in quarantine. I mean, I'm not sure how it is for other people, but for artists, I feel like we're working more in quarantine because all of the requests are coming in because people think that we're just at home and we just have all this time now. But it's just a lot of requests. I'm actually working more in quarantine than I was outside of quarantine. Oh, that's interesting. And seven days a week, you're working around the, you're working around the clock? I would say Monday through Saturday, and on a super busy week like this last one, um, Sunday is completely booked. So we've been working for about two weeks straight right now with no off days. So what will be the next thing that happens? Like in the way that you said seeing your name on the Billboard 100, you knew you had made it. Mm -hmm. what, what's the next thing that could happen that for you would be like that's a whole different level? Um, a number one album. Um nominations at important shows like the Grammys, um, performing there, um, just become having more visibility around the world, not just America. Because I feel like the special thing about my brand is that it goes around the world. Like even with Icy Girl, I had fan bases already reaching outside of America. So that was a great like signal to me that I have the ability to be a global artist. I love I love being big here, but my ultimate goal is to be a, a global brand because that's that's when it's just like, you know, big money. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so like who are your business idols or your business mentors? Um, idols, I definitely love what Rihanna did with her brand. Not only did she take over music, she took over fashion. She, she took over beauty, cosmetics. Um, from a, So that's someone who I look to, up to as a woman. And then for a male, I love what, what Jay-Z and what Puff did with their brands. Um, it expanded beyond music. And I could definitely see my my brand surpassing music when it comes to fashion, when it comes to acting, when it comes to philanthropy, when it comes to, to whatever I put my mindset to. My grandmother always told me to have seven streams of income. But if I have seven streams of income from seven different industries, your girl might just be the next billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I believe that, and uh, and I'm going to enjoy seeing it. I I think it's going to happen maybe even sooner than people expect, because I especially, you know why? Because you are globally minded out of the gate, and there is a lot of money around the world, and people do like exciting, fresh brands. And I think you're smart thinking about online university, thinking about reality TV. I, I, think, that's, I think that's genius. I think I could do... I could see an Icy Girl show that did really, really well. Um, maybe you'll substitute for the Kardashians. Maybe you'll take over for uh, for the Kardashians a little bit. Yeah, the Icy Life. You got to keep up with the Icy Life now. <laughs> yeah, I, I love. Now, now, have you now have you met any of the Kardashians or who are? Give me name drop for me just a little bit. 
Who are some of the famous folks you've met down there in L.A.? Um, well, I've, I've met, I've actually met them all. Um, I went to Kanye's and Kim's Christmas party. Um, they're all really sweet, sweet girls, great energy. Um, I know that, you know, sometimes social media tries to be mean to them, but my, my per- for each time I've, I ran into them, they were so sweet and just so nice. So I'm happy to see them winning. And from what I see, they're super hard workers. So I can't hate or I can't even say nothing negative about a woman who is independent, who's feeding her family, and who's a good, a good person. So I think they kind of have, have this misconception about them that people run with because when I met them, they were like, they were a really good family. So I really enjoyed being in their presence. Love it. All right, sweetie, I want to do something I call rapid fire, and I want to hit you with a few things, and I want to hear the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, don't be be nervous at all. What's your favorite TV show? Fresh Prince. Uh, Where would you love to visit in the world that you haven't gone yet? The Maldives. Oh, that's really interesting. I've never had anyone give me that. Why'd you say the Maldives? Um, I'm an island girl, and I love clear white water not even blue water white water and i heard they got the most fresh clear white water and i want to experience that what's your favorite book the coldest winter ever if you had not succeeded in music what would you be doing right now i'd be a politician or a beautician interesting politician like who politician like i can see myself i mean i know everything's not like a tv show but i can see myself being an olivia pope because i enjoy helping people I enjoy branding and I enjoy, you know, getting people out of very difficult problems. <laughs> I love that. If, if, if you could have lunch with Beyonce, Oprah, or Michelle Obama, who would you choose? The first lady. Interesting. Okay, who's number two? Who's number three? Um, of course, Queen B. Um, and then Oprah. But I'd have lunch with, I mean, I've had dinner with all of them. I feel like they all have a story. Um, Michelle is just iconic because um, the first black lady wife to a black president, that's something to be super proud of. And it was such a great moment. I remember my grandma was screaming when he got elected. Um, So I feel like she has, she has so much political game to share because, you know, um, being in their position was not only iconic, but I know it was tough because for them to have that much power, um, as a black couple was just was just so historical. So I would just love to to hear her story. Um, you know, and Beyonce, she's one of the best entertainer entertainers who who I've seen in my lifetime and probably in anyone's lifetime. And Oprah, she's, you know, a billionaire. So I'm trying to get one of some of them secrets. <laughs> <laughs> See, you are too good, and you have too nice to laugh. Where did where did the name Sweetie come from? Uh, my grandma, who I talk about all the time, <laughs> she calls me her 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 Sweetie. She does. Mm-hmm. And and how did it get spelled like that? So I was living with her when I illegally made a MySpace, and I say illegally because we weren't allowed to have one, but I snuck and made one because all of my friends had one. <laughs> And I needed a, a screen name. I needed a screen name. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do Sweetie. But Sweetie looked too sweet. So I was like, I need to put an A between the S and the W. 
Um, fast forward, I had moved to Sacramento. My screen name was still Sweetie. Um, and I don't know why. I think this was my first taste of somewhat fame, but I think I was like a local celebrity because I'd be like walking to the bus stop or I'd be like at the mall or I'd be at, you know, the the city fair and people would just come up to me and would yell my name and would ask me if I was Saweetie and I'd be like, I'd be kind of thrown off because I'd be like, yeah, that's me. And they'd be like, oh, we're friends on MySpace because I used to accept everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were you, were you rapping back then? Um, I was rapping in person, not online. Mm-hmm. Wait, how old were you when you started rapping? I was about 14. I was a freshman in, in, I was a freshman in high school, but it wasn't my rapping that they were um, interested in. I just had a pop in my space. I was coding. Um, I used to decorate it. My, I've always been an aesthetics girl. So I would like ice out and just go so hard for my layout and I would edit my pictures and everything was just my, well put together. So I had a popular MySpace. <laughs> if I had asked you then at 14, 15, did you feel like you were going to break through, like you were going to make it? Yes. I don't know why, but I would look at the stars and I'd just be like, I'm going to be a star one day. It was a feeling that... Um, it was a re- it was like a re- a reassuring feeling that I would just feel, but I would always ask myself how I'm going to get there. And I think when I was 14 or 15, a prophet told me that I, that I would be successful in music. Interesting. And so how, in your mind, how did you figure out how to do it? Did you do it on your own? Were you following someone? Did you have a mentor? Like, how did you, how did you go from this is my dream and I'm going to dream fearlessly about this to it actually happening? Um, well, after I graduated, I, my life did like a, like a, was it a one, 180 when it doesn't get flipped upside down? Yeah, 180. Um, I was working a whole bunch of odd jobs. I was struggling in LA. Um, I was running rooms off of Craigslist and I'm like, I know I'm supposed to be in entertainment. I know I'm supposed to do music and I feel like Music will be the foundation to other avenues I'm interested in, whether that's fashion, acting, et cetera. And I'm like, okay, well, you're struggling in LA and I see no progress. So I'm going to, I'm talking to myself in the mirror. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to give you a year. I'm going to give you a year. And if it doesn't happen, then you can give up and go back home and be, and, and save up your money and then move back out here to pursue it again. So on my ninth month, I had got discovered by management. And then I had got signed within two months because Icy Girl was viral. And I feel like the new way people are getting discovered is through virability because that's a, that's a way of kind of um, showing the label companies that you're, you're capable of being lucrative and you're capable of making good music. So on my ninth month of this one-year promise I made to myself, I got discovered. Interesting. And why do you think... Icy Girl went viral. Did you, other than creating something arresting and beautiful, was there anything else you did that made it go viral? Um, the music video made it go viral because at first it was just on SoundCloud and then I shot a video for it. And the reason why it accrued so many views is because it wasn't on DSPs yet, only on YouTube. So people had to stream the song by watching the music video and all of these blogs are picking it up. So I was getting all of this attention and notoriety for Icy Girl. And 
there was kind of like a bidding war between labels to get me, but I decided to commit to Warner Brothers. So um, it was a blessing. I didn't expect for it to go viral. I thought that it it would only have, you know, like 50,000 views, but I think it's now at like 109 million. That's kind of crazy. And so do people always recognize you on the street? Now they do. Um, You know, I'm one of those odd people who enjoy going out to eat by myself, who like going to the movies by myself. But one day I was walking into the mall or I was at the mall shopping by myself because I also like shopping by myself. I I enjoy like doing things in solitude, but whatever. That's another story. But these girls were following me around the mall and I'm thinking that they want to fight me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm looking like, hold on, these girls is just, this is, you know, PTSD from high school. But I'm just like... Why do these girls keep, but then it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and they keep pointing at me and then they're like, that's the icy girl. That's sweetie. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. I mean, I say what's up to them because I, I like to, to, say, to say hi to my fans, but I'm just like, okay, I can't keep doing things by myself because people are starting to recognize me. That's like free my type. But now I'm at tapping. I'm in the tapping era, the pretty bitch music era, and I definitely can't go anywhere by myself because I'll probably get kidnapped <laughs> by, by a fan. <laughs> Do you have those kind of crazy stalker people? Um, yeah, I think uh, a wake up call for me was I. For, I think I had went to a cafe. I had got a quick bite to eat somewhere because you know I get hungry and I can't get hungry or else I'll get an attitude. Um. But I had ran inside really quick to get like a bagel and I came out and someone wrote on my like wrote on a piece of paper and put it on my car. I'm your biggest fan. Please follow me, sweetie. And put their at name. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, definitely strike two for me. Not not supposed to be going out by myself. Wow. Wow. Do you ever you ever actually get get scared these days or no? Um, no, if I do, it's, it's only at night, but. I'm always with someone now because I've I've learned and I feel like there's signs of girl you should not be going outside by yourself. But no, not really. Have you ever done therapy? Oh my gosh. Yes. My mom made me go when I was in middle school. Was it good? Mm, yes and no. Towards the end, yes, but at the at the beginning, no. I would get like teased from like my classmates because they'd be like because when you get called when you get the slip from the office to go to therapy at school, like everybody notices. So people would be like, why are you going to therapy and blah, blah, blah. But, and I was really embarrassed that my mom made me do it. But towards the end, um, it did help. Interesting. Huh. Huh. I hope your mom knows that you appreciated that. It, I, I've ended up having some very good conversations on the show with a wide range of different people from professional athletes to politicians to others who I think are increasingly talking about the value of therapy. And I think, especially for a lot of people of color, I think we sometimes are hesitant to get that help and to access that help. And and yet it can obviously be so, um, so life-changing, right? Um, it can be life-changing to get really good, good help. And I was talking, I think yesterday, to a young filmmaker um, who was saying that for him, uh, it really was almost like life before that and life after that. So um, so I'm always curious as to whether or not people are open to that and whether or not they've had good experiences with that or not. Um, I, I forgot who tweeted it. It was a rapper, but they said that like a part of 
upon being signed, having a therapist should be a part of the deal because when you get signed, especially with a big deal, your life changes like that. And for people who are not used to having that much money, that much fame, that much, you know, that that big of a change of a lifestyle, it would benefit for artists to have a therapist because um, sometimes we don't realize how quickly our lives are changing. So I definitely feel like it could be beneficial. What a genius idea. That's a really good idea. In fact, uh, not only for artists, but you could imagine the same for anyone, whether it's an athlete or a politician or a company that's about to go public and the CEO is going to be in the eye a lot, you could envision that that kind of surround support um, should be part of uh, part of the package going through. Uh, Sweetie, last question to you. What would surprise people who, who think that they know you and love you already? What might surprise them to learn about you? Um, one thing that someone may not know about me um... I know how to surf. Interesting. Why? Um, my mom used to go to Hawaii every summer. Um, that was like, I think I get it from her. She would go by herself. <laughs> she would go by herself. And one thing that she taught herself to do was, was surf. So I remember I had came with her one summer and she taught me how to surf. So I love that. Uh, sweet. This was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you doing this. And, um, uh, I'm even a bigger fan, and when I get my uh, my TikTok dance right, I'm going to send it to you. You can tell me whether or not I got it uh, all the way right, and uh, and I hope I'll see you in person at some point. Same. I would love to see you and, and have this conversation in person one of these days, but thank you for having me on your show. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Me too. Be safe. Be well. All right. You be safe and be well, too. Nice to meet you. Thanks for listening to the Carlos Watson Show podcast. If you liked this interview, please tell your friends. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.